Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. You're listening to Bob Tannum in the Garden on Talk Radio 560. And this morning we don't have a guest on, you know, every once in a while we take a break. Um, and uh, next week we're going to have the Sonoma Botanical Gardens on, so they're going to be a lot of fun uh, to be on with us. Uh, but today it's calls, 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 calls. So if you've got some questions that you've been storing up and I've been hogging all the time with a guest, <laughs> now is the time to call and and get those questions answered, hopefully, and uh, 808-5600, that is a 415 area code, 808-5600. This is our um, show number 3,325. I say our because I have to keep the tradition going, if you guys don't mind. Uh, David Farrow is our producer, and he'll be answering the questions and uh, I mean, answering the calls, and uh, we'll get on with the questions as you call in, 808-5600. And uh, so come on and uh, tell me what's going on in your neighborhood, in the garden, or, you know, if you are involved in your own um, Master Gardeners program, maybe you've got some talks coming up that people might be interested in, and they wouldn't be able to hear it anywhere else. So that'd be fun. Um, I know there's a lot of uh, Master Gardeners courses that are, uh, available as well. So if you're really into gardening and want to kind of get out there and teach others how to do things right, um, then you can always look up your local Master Gardeners. UCANR.edu is their website, main main website. And then you follow the links to Master Gardener courses and Ma- Master Gardener events, and that will give you all sorts of other things going on in the neighborhood as well. And there is also another website I found uh, called the California Garden Web, um, which is also a real huge uh, statewide uh, website for all the master gardeners. So if you're listening from someplace else in the uh, California state, um, you could go to the California Garden Web and look up events there as well. Uh, So if you're in, you know, Santa Barbara or, you know, Los Angeles or San Diego, (laughs) you can take a look there and see what your Master Gardener local chapter is up to and doing. So that's fun. Um, Okay, so that's great. That's 808-5600 are the web web call numbers. So so who's got tomatoes still hanging out on the vine, huh? (laughs) I do. I do. I still have them hanging out there, green, green tomatoes. So what are those recipes that are your tried and true for green tomatoes? Do you make green tomato salsa or do you make um, uh, some sort of a uh, jam or jelly or compote of some sort? What do they call those? What is it? What is it when it's not a jam or jelly and it's a combination of vegetable stuff, but besides salsa, <laughs> I can't remember. I don't know. I use the word compote, but I'm not sure if that's correct. <laughs> so you can call me and correct me. That's always fun. Um, but yeah, so you, what do you do with your green tomatoes? And, you know, some people will actually cut them off the vine or cut a vine of the green tomatoes 
and let them ripen indoors. You know, so it depends on where you are and whether or not we're going to have any more warm weather coming up to ripen those tomatoes before the rains come, which we're also praying for, of course. Uh, rain, 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 rain. It wouldn't be wouldn't be a bad thing to get some rain. Um, but you know, usually after Halloween, so that's coming up next weekend. Um, usually after Halloween is when we. Yeah, I'm looking at the calendar, going, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm in the right, I'm in the right week. <laughs> so usually after Halloween is when we start to see rains. Uh, sometimes on Halloween, we don't know that yet because you know can't predict the weather that far out. Um, you know, they can always come up with all sorts of interesting things to try to predict the weather, but for some reason, it's always left up to the last minute. Is it going to rain? Is it going to rain? And it's not. Okay, well, that's fine. We're going to get some rain soon. Um, so tell me about your garden. Tell me about your soil. Ask me about your compost. I know uh, um, my compost is still around. It's still cooking, but it's not cooking very quickly. So I remember I had the compost gal on, uh, Lori Caldwell. She was really good on the radio a couple um, about a month and a half ago. And uh, she was telling me that um, we really need to start picking up those leaves and putting them in the compost because without something else to eat, they don't they, the compost doesn't cook. And so that's what really gets the compost cooking besides all of the, you know, kitchen scraps and everything else that you put in the compost. You also need to get some leaves for it to eat and some manure. Good time of year to try to wrangle some horse manure if you've got a local barn area, um, you know, or chicken manure or buy it in bags. I know it seems like a waste to put the chicken manure straight in the compost, but I always kind of like have some for the garden and some for the compost and kind of spread it around that way so that everybody gets food. <laughs> it's kind of like the cats, you know. Yeah, believe me, you know, with my with uh, my dad's opinion about cats and me owning cats, you know, last Thanksgiving was quite an eye-opener for him. It was kind of funny because it was, um, um, you know, he, he had to actually – pet my cats because they would insist on coming up to him in the house and it was really funny because he's like I you know I don't like cats I go well this cat likes you so I don't know what else you're going to do about it dad that was pretty funny um but yeah so that's kind of uh you know things things you remember you know memories that you bring up uh quite a lot of fun there are some other possibilities and some guests coming up I'm hoping to have um Jeff Lowenfels uh, he's got a new book series out that he's um, been adding to recently, and uh, he's my uh, dad's friend, or mom and dad's friend, actually, um, uh, up in Alaska. And he's a real avid book writer, and he's been on the radio before multiple times, and he's been a lot of fun. And so I'm hoping to have him on at some point soon. And then um, coming up next weekend is the Sonoma Botanical Gardens, as I said. And then um, after the Botanical Gardens, uh, I think it's November 6th, that's when the time changes, I'm going to have the Friends of the Japanese Tea Garden on. So that's going to be fun because they've got a new upgrade that they have been working on there, um, supporting um, to upgrade the Japanese Tea Garden. So that's going to be fun. And then I also have um, Eric uh, Eric Hagawara. Nagara, oh gosh, I can't remember his last name. Anyway, he is the great-grandson of the original gardener um, uh, of the uh, Japanese tea garden. So I'll have him on 
at some point coming up as well, and hopefully someone from Ruth Bancroft and all that fun stuff. So I hope you guys were able to listen in last weekend. Um, last Sunday I had the Filoli, um main horticulturalist director, horticulturalist director, um, and that was a really good interview. That was a lot of fun. It got me really thinking about going to Filoli and enjoying all of their events coming up. Um, I believe that was last weekend. Oh, no, last weekend was the bats. That's right. Two weekends ago was Philoli. Uh Both of those would be available when you go to ksfo.com. You can always listen to the la- the past shows. So if you wanted to listen to Lori, that was good interview. Um, good interview that we had. Uh, go to ksfo.com and look for the shows, and then pick Edie Tannum in the Garden. Um, I think that's what they're calling it right now. Hopefully we'll get that renamed. We'll see. Um, And then after that, you can go ahead and download the podcast or listen to it right there from the radio station Um, and share it with your friends. (laughs) So that's going to be entertaining as well, and that's something you can do uh, if you've got the Internet working. They've got your picture up there now. Yes, they do. That's right. They do have my picture and my bio, so you can learn a little bit about me as well. And, of course, you can always go to bobtanum.com, and all the information is there as well. So, as I say, this morning is all dedicated to the listeners and your questions about gardening, what to do with your citrus, what to do with your um, cover crops, whatever you would like to listen to uh, me answer. <laughs> you got to ask me a question first. Uh, 808-5600, that's 415, area code 808 808- Five six zero zero. I mean, if if you don't answer, you know, the the, the uh, call to call, <laughs> I'm going to talk about F1 <laughs> racing. No, just kidding. Um, one of my weird passions um, that my dad never understood, which I don't blame him. Okay, you've got Anne in Berkeley on the line. Okay, Anne. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing all right. Yeah. Feeling feeling better. Good. Good. Um, I wanted to ask about, I have raised beds, and I, want, and I do not have compost. But what I wanted to find out is, can I put just like dry leaves in that bed to break down? You can. If I, if I, clean, if I clean out. Mm-hmm. Or get my daughter to help me mm-hmm. <laughs> clean out the raised beds because I didn't get the plants this year because I was I was mm-hmm. you know, right. busy with doctors and nurses, shall we say? Right. Um, so the weeds that are in there in the volunteer tree, I think. Um, if I get all that cleaned out, can I take dead leaves that are falling on the ground? And put those in the bed along with um, that pulverized chicken manure. It's not chicken manure I like, mm-hmm. but that's what my daughter found in this area. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and alfalfa meal and some of Dr. Earth's um, fertilizers. And mix all that together in the bed and let it sit over the winter. Would that be good? Yeah, it would. I would actually probably chop up the leaves a little bit the best you can um, as you okay. you know put them in there. And you can chop them into the soil that's there already. And then um, the manure is a great idea. The, the uh, alfalfa pellets 
or great or meal, whatever you've got. But the um, the Dr. Earth's fertilizer is not necessary until you plant into it. Okay. Yeah, All it's right. not a composting type of ad- additive. But definitely anything organic that can sit there over winter, let it do its thing, get some some buggy-wuggies going in there, um, you're going to be very good coming, coming to the spring planting. Okay. Now, I drink a lot of tea. Mm-hmm. So I was going to say tea leaves from bags and things, but I also have, uh, besides just straight tea, um, tea uh, with mint tea or lemon tea leaves that are in bags. Uh-huh. Are those okay to use also? Yeah, you can break those down. I would go ahead and not put them necessarily directly in the planting soil, though. I think they need a further yeah. further amount of time in compost. I would actually break open the bags and let the whole thing just kind of um, break out, yeah. break down a little bit better that way. Because the tea bag itself has a tendency to take longer to decompose than okay, the tea inside. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was going to so after I use the tea, mm-hmm. let them dry and then open the tea bag. Yeah, then that would I be fine. You could put that from the tea. Yeah, you could put that directly on the raised bed. That would be fine. It's just not very much, okay. but yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Now. About how long does it take after you do that to plant to be able to plant Before, it? Yeah, um, I would say at least three months, and then normally that's uh-huh. during okay. the the warmer season. So six months in the cold season. Okay, all right. Yeah, you'll notice that come spring, you know, when the soil is either ready to you know, that's going to be turned into soil if it's already turned or if it's still decomposing, you know, and at that point you're going to need more manure and more heat. Okay. All right. Naturally. Now, should I, co- should I cover the bed? No, I would let the rain get in there and do its thing too. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. if it comes February and it's just not decomposing, then I might cover it for about a month and see if that will uh, get that additional heat in there to cook it. Okay. I check it by February. Okay, I'll see what I can do if I can stay out of my doctor's hands for a while. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, Ann, thank you so much for calling. Yep, we'll talk to you later. All right, take care. All right, we're going to take a breather, and then we're going to get back right back to Linda and Henry and whoever else wants to call at 808-5600-415, area code. See you in a few. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? <laughs> In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen. You're listening to Bob Tannum in the Garden on Talk Radio 560 KS. Bob Tannum in the Garden radio show every Sunday from 9 until 10, answering your calls this morning. And I'm hoping everybody will have a chance to call in 808 415 area code 808 Let's go to Linda from Fremont. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, Edie. Yeah. I have a question about grapes. My neighbor is going to give me, um, I guess, a cut, not cutting, but dig up some roots or something. 
And I'm wondering, uh, we do this after it's dormant? While it's dormant is fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, after it goes dormant. Right, exactly. Yeah, that would probably usually be the best time to do it. Um, You know, that's kind of like rose season. You know, whenever you're going to take a bare root rose and transplant it, cooler season is better. Um, And then you go ahead and make sure. And then, you know, grapes are kind of sensitive just like uh, citrus trees are. So you want to make sure that the root system is well covered but not covered up. You know, you want to get, you know, they're going to have their um, collarbones, I like to call it, right close to the surface of the soil. Um, you know, you can use mulch and that type of thing later, but originally you just kind of get that um, covered so that it's got its chance to get into the roots, into the soil. Okay, and what about the soil preparation? Normally, you know, pretty native soil is fine. Um, if there's been any any trees over the area that have, you know, allowed some natural material to come down and compost in the ground, great. You know, you can actually just use that, just just chop it up. Uh, make sure that the um, soil itself is chopped up about twice the size of the of the root ball, whatever, you know, you end up with those roots. Um, if you're get, Are you thinking it's going to be more of a bare root or is it going to be a chunk of root and... I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. She just said that she was going to take some of her... Um, her vines down there, the, the little green seedless grapes, mm-hmm. and and so she, she <clears throat> excuse me, mm-hmm. she said she would give me some of those, and I thought, well, that's great, and mm-hmm. I just needed to, you know, I I don't know anything about what to do with them, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking that they need some kind of a support system once they get yeah. growing because yeah. they climb. Mm-hmm. That exactly. I wasn't sure about the soil type. It needs to be like, um, usually I use Harvest Supreme mm-hmm. from Gardner and Bloom. Right. And um, do I put chicken manure in there? Do I put um, this like fertilizer, you know, the, the yeah. fertilizer? Or? Right, yeah. Right now um, I would say chopping up the soil that you have, maybe adding about uh, about a quarter of the uh, Gardner and Bloom uh, soil harvest, um, Harvest Supreme, right? Add about, yeah. How, yeah, add about, well, okay, if this is a small cutting and you've got maybe a root ball and it's smaller than your hand, okay, then I would okay. say go ahead and chop up the soil so like about – uh, 12 inches by 12 inches all the way around, right? And then in that, you're going to throw a couple of cups of that harvest, okay? Do a couple of cups, not that much. No fertilizer, okay. otherwise, you know, you don't want anything to, to push out any growth just yet because this is going to be dormant through the winter. So you go ahead and do that. Make sure your soil level is so it won't drown, right? So you make sure that that, that crown or that, that collarbone is, is right at the surface or a little bit above is okay, and then, of course, I, I mean, I don't think you're, you're probably not going to have very much to support yet. And then um, come spring, it's an entirely different animal, okay? But in the meantime, right. go ahead and just let it naturally get used to the soil around it. The native soil that we have here is perfectly fine for, for grapes. We know that because you know they're not going to be bringing in, you know, too many truckloads of manure up there to the, the uh you know, except for fertilizer season uh, to the to the you know um, wine country, um, so the clay soil is actually pretty good for for the grapes. Um, 
What you want to do is aerate it to begin with. So that's what the, the chopping up of the soil is for a foot by a foot and then adding a little bit of a, of a good soil in there. And then when it comes to late February, March, that's when I would start to put the chicken manure around that soil area. So make sure it's well composted chicken manure, not straight from the chicken poop. And <laughs> no, no, this is straight from the bag. Yeah, exactly. It's composted. So maybe yeah. um, at that point, start with a cup per month, and then uh, you can add a little bit of um, fruit and vine food, either from Gardeners in Bloom or Evie Stone, um, you know, anything that's that's organic. Then start your you know start your growth season at that point, you know February March. Okay. But you would. Would you use something that you would normally use, like on your citrus plants, or yeah, actually or you can absolutely you can use citrus food. There's nothing else in there, but would normally help any sort of fruiting uh, trees. So citrus food is usually not just citrus; it's citrus and fruit, and that would okay. work on the grape. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you so much, and thank you for continuing your dad's legacy. Absolutely. Thank you as well for listening to Linda. And uh, yeah, it'll, you know, there'll be. I'm going to try to find a, a an expert on grapes coming up. I just haven't, you know, married myself to one yet. So we'll find one. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for calling. And let's go to Harvey in Petaluma. Good morning, Harvey. Good morning, uh, Evie. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Yeah. I, uh, every so my backyard, I've got uh, about, I've got a, a good size spot for my garden, and I've been doing a soil amendment to it on a yearly basis in the uh, springtime. In the early spring, I get this product. It's from a local uh, soil place, and uh, I get about a yard of it, a cubic yard of it, and I work it in, and it's got everything. It's supposed to be really good for the garden. and uh, But in the fall, I've got a number of trees that are dropping leaves, and I've always put them in the recycle bin, mm-hmm. not recycle, the green bin, and put them yeah. out for, for the uh, garbage guy. I've never really utilized the leaves dropping off of the trees. <clears throat> Can I just take those as they fall in the fall and just throw them over on the garden after I, you know, clear out all the old uh, vegetables that I have growing? I mean, can I just take those leaves and just throw them on the garden and just kind of work them into the soil? Is that Absolutely. You can even, I mean, uh, this is something my dad's always said, that you can take a lawnmower and rub, you know, uh, break up the uh, leaves um, the best you can okay. and then spread those over. It, it will compost faster. But generally speaking, okay. you know, the, the there's two ways of doing it, right? You can even take what you grew in the garden, pull them out of the soil, and lay them on top of the soil. Okay, so that's the no-till gardening. Um, and the same with leaves. You just try, try to litter that top, and you never end up uh, tilling the soil, right? You poke through the soil, but you never till it. And so okay. you plant straight in whatever whatever muck you end up with come spring with the leaves laying on top or the um, old vegetables or even, you know, if you do a cover crop, you can toss the seed right in the leaves this time of year, keep them moist, um, and, and get those fava beans to grow or whatever you want to do. And then come spring, you cut those down and lay those on top of the soil so that your your spring and summer plantings go straight into the airy, mulky, you know, deposited um, uh, composting things. That's a no-till um, uh, system. So, um, okay. yeah. 
So, so all of that, yes, you can just put the leaves on top of the soil and let them do their thing, or you can chop them up. Yep. Okay, well, Edie, so, yeah. so you know, I mainly grow, grow tomatoes and squash in mm-hmm. the summertime. Right. And so I've always taken them, as they die in the fall, they die off, mm-hmm. and I've always put them in the green bin. So you're saying go ahead and take the old tomato plants and the old squash and just leave them in the garden? Mm-hmm. I yeah. kind of just pull them up and then just lay them down and let them just kind of become part of the garden uh, remulching. Exactly. And the only thing okay. I would, the only caveat that I would recommend is if you've got a lot of mildew on those squash coming in the fall, it always end up with mildew, or if you've yeah. got a lot of tomato, you know, um, uh, or if you've got any weird growth on the tomato plants, then I'd, I'd yank them and toss them in the green green can. Okay. Um, but okay. if they're fresh, they're green, they they haven't bothered you all season, uh, you've taken off all the green tomatoes and doing something else with those, uh, then, yeah, just go ahead and yank the plants out and lay them down on top of the soil. Okay, well, do. Sounds like a, sounds like a plan. And, That's uh, like a weird thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The next growing season. Well, thank you very much, Edie. I appreciate it. Yeah, all right. And pray for the rain because we need that to compost this stuff. <laughs> I, I agree, definitely. All right. Thanks, Harvey. Thanks for calling. All right. That leaves our lines left open. It's 808-5600. It's 415 area code 808-5600. I expect your calls after our little break, and we'll be back after listening to our sponsors. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? (laughs) (laughs) In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen. Thanks. This is Bob Tannum in the garden on Talk Radio 560 KSM. And uh, we've, uh, we're answering calls this morning. We'll, we'll work on getting a guest next week from the Sonoma Botanical Gardens. That'll be a lot of fun, too. But in the meantime, we've got calls. We are going to Louis, Louise from Oakland. Good morning. Good morning. I'm uh, calling to get information on reviving. I have a patch of St. Augustine grass, the southern-type grass in my yard, and, of course, uh, parts of it have died because of lack of water. Mm-hmm. And it does grow by um, runners. And I noticed that the part that gets some water uh, is growing quite well. Mm-hmm. So what I want to know is uh, I have some topsoil, I have some weed and feed, and I have a spreader that I rented and I'm trying to figure out which one I should uh, use first to uh, put on the um, grass that has kind of died back. Should I put the topsoil on first, or should I put the weed and feed on first? I would do the weed and feed first, because what's there is you want you want to get the, the weed seed killed off first. I mean, if you're okay. going to use that, that method. Okay. So, okay. yeah, use that. Um, there's going to be a time limit on how long it takes to react. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure how long you've got the um, spreader rented for. 
Um, you might have to get the weed and feed on there and then wait the amount of time that it says on the package oh, um, okay. before you seed again. So that's the point of the weed and seed is to kill off what you can to get ahead of the, the weed seed. And then after that, it's going to give you an idea on that bag when you can actually replant. That's when you're going to put the topsoil down, okay? So okay. not until after, then. Mm-hmm. After the... Um recommended from the weed and feed weight right before i put the top so okay good Mm -hmm. okay thank you very much if you yeah i'm not sure if you're going to need to reseed or if you're going to need to re-plug um you know to get more growth in there but it'll certainly be an attractive area once you put the new soil in that area so see how it spreads in that you know and come back yeah sounds good okay all right great thanks a lot all right good luck louise thanks for calling all right, let's go to Steve from Cupertino. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. A uh, couple of questions for you. Uh, how do I get rid of white fly? I have grapevines, and uh, I just harvested grapes, and now we have I have this white fly all the time. Is there some kind of spray you can put on those? Well, this is my, my dad's favorite recipe is the coffee ground second harvest. So I don't know if you drink coffee. Yes, I do. Okay. So after you've drank all your coffee, (laughs) um, go ahead and pour another set, you know, another pot full of just water and get that to filter through that coffee, the second second harvest there. Oh, second. Okay. Yeah. So so then once it cools off, go ahead and put that in a sprayer and spray the the, um, vine, uh, whatever's left of of the leaves and everything else. Uh-huh. Uh, just to try to get a hold of them. And then do that once, you know, at least once every, you could do it as much as twice a week, okay? Oh. Um, and then then you're going to let them rest because by then you're going to be dropping. And then also just to make sure that you don't have as many coming back in the spring, I would go ahead and, and, and you know, pick up all of those leaves and don't leave them there underneath yeah. the plants. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and then they'll be better. Okay, great. Good. Uh, The other question I had is, when's a good time to put in a lawn? I have a small area in the back. I'm going to put some sod there. And uh, I think I talked to uh, Bob some time ago. Mm -hmm. He mentioned red fescue. Mm -hmm. I think that was a But when's a good time to do it? I mean, is is this, could I be doing it in the next month or so? If you are thinking that you've got enough water um, that you could use to do this, uh, meaning you got to you know probably water that sod at least once a day, yeah. um, depending on how things are going. If mm-hmm. we're not going to get rain, um, then you're not going to have any help, so you're going to be using up your water bill. Um, if that's okay, then yeah, you can do it now. You can do it any time of the year. I wouldn't do it in, in the heat of the summer, but uh, this time of year is perfectly fine. Any any time from now, probably until. Uh, until July, you know, oh, is good okay. planting season. Yeah, for a sod, um, you just got to make sure you have a good, uh, you know, good company you're getting the sod from. I highly recommend Delta Bluegrass, but yeah, I think you've got that fescue. Yeah, uh-huh. they've got some other weird things too. <laughs> Someone was asking me about this other kind of of uh, lawn replacement, uh, you know, grass thing or not grass, but anyway, <clears throat> I'm still on the fence on that that one, but. Um, yeah, they they have that uh, ability, and and as I say, as long as it's in the cooler months, you'll be fine. Just have to make sure that you're watering it once a day, or if it's uh, during the rain season, when it's cool, cloudy, and everything else, 
and the sun just does not come out, <laughs> that I'd say every other day or every third day is fine. You start stretching yeah. that out. Yeah, if it doesn't rain, then it's then use the rain as day one of the watering, and then water three days later. Okay. So is it better to wait maybe you know say another month until we hopefully get some rain and then put it in? Better for your water bill, yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. I mean, how about the grass? Will it do okay under those yeah. conditions? It'll be fine in the in the cold weather. That's not a problem yeah. at all for it. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your information. I really sure. appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you for calling, Steve. Thank you very much. All right, and that leaves lines open is eight zero eight five six zero zero. You can call in with any kind of question. Um, pretty much, yeah. You can plant some lawns now, yeah. <laughs> but eight zero eight five six zero zero four one five area code eight zero eight five six zero zero. And so, yeah. So there are several things that you should be looking for in your garden, um, and I do definitely want to get a. a um, an expert on grapes. I know there's there's a few companies up in uh, Sonoma, of course, obviously in wine country, um, that do grape vines. And I know a lot of times they're sold out of some of their harder to get or harder to propagate vines by now. Um, but they do usually have some spring um, availability as well. And I'm not sure if Sonoma grape vines is still or Nova vines. So if you have any um, personal experience with grape growers, I'd be very interested to find out what you know, um, who you would recommend as well, so that I can have them on as a guest coming up in the next couple months. Um, of course, bare root season is coming upon us as well. That usually comes in the winter. But some companies like Yamagami's Nursery, I know they were putting the feelers out going, hey, if you want to make sure you get a particular bare root uh, fruit tree for your yard, Maybe you're into elephant plums or or any other green variety of those plums, which eat like apples, I swear. They're so delicious. Um, you know, now's the time to make sure that your nursery's going to have those for you. Uh, you know, they're, they have a hard time guessing what you're going to want. So go ahead and uh, give them a call and say, hey, did you do your bare root orders already? Do you think you could add that on for me and go from there? All right, we've got Helen from Tiburon. Good morning, Helen. How are you today? Uh, top of the morning to you. Lovely yeah. sunny day here. <laughs> <laughs> I had a question about an edible loquat tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's getting sort of long and straggly with kind of the leaves at the end of the <laughs> branches, and I was wondering what is the best time to cut it back. It's actually best to prune those guys after the um, trees have, uh, you know, I mean, you know, what am I trying to say? Uh, <laughs> because they are usually an evergreen, you want to make sure that you don't cut them before a frost. I know you don't get that much in Tiburon, but it is possible that week after Christmas, <laughs> there's like one or two nights that get really, really cold. Um, so that's what I would wait for. I would actually wait until March and then give it a good hard pruning. It seems to uh, flower at strange times, like I think there's new flower buds forming on it now of all time. Yeah, citrus citrus, and, and its relatives definitely do that at weird times. Like even figs will do a second flowering um, and that type of thing too. But no, it's, uh, it's better to wait until spring um, just because we could get some hard frost. Um, yeah, and so March is usually best. February is still usually okay because you're not going to get usually hard frost after February. 
and on the cutback branches, I should get some new growth. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of different ways of pruning those, but usually, like a lollipop, is kind of how you you can prune those. You can be a little yeah. bit more. You can thin them out a little bit more than you would any any other citrus. Um, you can actually thin them so that they are more artistically pleasing. Um, but generally, kind of like a lollipop works very well for those guys. Uh, more or less to contain it from taking over the driveway exactly. and littering everything <laughs> the fruits. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, very welcome. Thank you so much for calling, Helen. All right, let's go to Luis again from Oakland. Good morning. Pl- uh, plum trees now. <laughs> yes, good morning. I thought about um, I have a plum tree uh, that has wonderful plums. I have a daughter that lives in Southern California, and she asked if I would save the seeds from the plum tree, which I did, and to mail them to her, and what would she do to try to get the trees to grow in Southern California? From seed, it's very difficult. It's kind of like, you know, everybody takes those avocados and supports them with little toothpicks over the water and tries to get them to root and you know, it's, it's a 10-year proposition to try to get a tree to grow. Um, plum trees generally are, you know, grafted. So what she's going to end up with may be just a a plum tree that doesn't fruit or doesn't oh. fruit very well. So uh-huh. that can be chancy, although it's fun to do. You know, my husband is, is a... He's a starter of everything. I mean, you give him a, a rose cutting, and he, you know, all of a sudden he goes, "Look, look, it's growing another leaf." I'm like, oh, "Honey, yeah, that's fine, <laughs> you know, but it's going to take a while, or it's going to, you know, it's it's difficult to transplant. So it's it's just as hard to do with plum trees. So basically, you let that dry seed, uh, you know, you plant it in the ground just like you would anything else. Water it every day. Start in March. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if she's in Southern California, she could probably start in late January or February because it's warmer earlier down there. Um, mm-hmm. And then water, 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 water every day and see if anything comes up. Um, again, once once something roots, then you're, then you're talking about something pretty cool and pretty exciting. But again, probably nothing that will end up, you know, fruiting. Um, mm-hmm. Or if it fruits, it may be, you know, some, one of those... Um, more, what do you call them, street tree type fruiting ones. Okay, that it probably would not make any fruit though. No, if you well, had, she'd cutting, really do better to buy one in Southern California tree. Yes, she would actually okay. have fruit at some point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The only other thing I could recommend is if she had a plum tree there and she wanted to make sure to grow yours too, she could graft. Uh, from a cutting of your plum tree onto another plum tree and make it a two twofer. You could have two different plums growing on one tree by grafting it on there. Very Luther Burbank. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to get back to our calls. Uh, Mark and Mountain View is next, but right now we're going to take a break, take a breather, and we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Bob Tannum in the Garden on Talk Radio 560 KSM. This is E.D. Tannum, and I am the host of the show. Uh, yeah, we've got all sorts of fun stuff, and I'm, I'm thankful for all the calls this morning. This gives us lots of things to talk about, 
And uh, so we're going to go ahead and just keep going. Uh, Welcome, Mark from Mountain View. Uh, Good morning. How are you today? Good morning. I'm okay. Thanks for asking. Yeah, if I remember correctly, I think your dad didn't really like potting soil, and I think you recommended using planting mix even in pots. Is that correct? Do you remember what was the reason? Is it because it was too light or something? Yeah, it kind of depends. If you know, I've always kind of gone through the difference. With potting soil is more dense, more broken up, um, more you know, more thick. It doesn't have a lot of air in it, okay? So in if you've got clay pots that blow over in the wind, I'd say, you know, use some potting soil because it's heavier, okay? But it, generally speaking, plants are going to have an easier time rooting where there's more air, which is why planting mix is recommended. It's got more air in it. There's less dense, less broken up um, uh, soil matter, and there's no sand, so potting soil has sand, heavier materials in it, and planting mix does not. It has more organic air quality or, you know, breaking down possibilities. So that's why planting mix is recommended. Anytime you're planting in pots or planting in the soil, a lot of times what you are planting can have something to do with what soil is going to be best. So anything that's going to be in a container for a really long time Planting mix is going to be better, okay? I see. Okay, all right. Oh, I don't know. You have time for another question. Do you know what's the difference between the daffodil variety, for example, especially the King Alfred versus the Dutch Master? I can't seem to figure out what's the difference between those two There's not a really big difference. The, The biggest thing that you want to look for with daffodils is the size of the bulb, you know, you're going to get a stronger stalk from that plant. You're going to get a bigger flower um, and anything else. So if you compare a bulb side by side, go for the bigger one. Go for the bigger one that's solid, right? If it's soft at all, if the bulb is soft, it's time to toss it. It's not going to do very well. But if it's a nice, big, solid yeah. bulb, go for it. Yeah, okay. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. Thank you for calling. All right, I'm not sure if Shirley is still on. We, we Our call see, calls screen just disappeared. But if Shirley, if you're there, you have a question about bromeliads, good morning. Yes, um, somebody gave me a plant. It's a pineapple bromeliad. Mm-hmm. And um, I was wondering, can you put that in the uh, ground? It's gonna, yeah, it's actually going to like soil very similar to cymbidiums. Okay, um, generally a little little heavier than cymbidiums, like a you know like a a, a bulky. I mean, a, a, what do you call it? Something like a bark that's broken down to the finest points, right? That kind of soil, um, and then a little bit of sand actually works with that as well. A good potting soil would work, but you don't want to put it straight in in uh, clay soil. It doesn't like that. Okay. And it also uh, and oh. would, could would it be uh like wait till spring or any time? I would wait until spring. Another thing to to keep your eye on is rain, all right? Our rain is very um I don't know, I think it's acidic. It, it's not great for the interior part of those bromeliads. Ah. Yeah, so p- putting it out where it gets a lot of rain is is pretty much going to kill it. Um, if it has a place, you know, if it's 
if it's a different type of bromeliad where it can drain very, very well from the flower set or from the, the centerpiece, you know, right. how they branch out, then um then then you could do it with a little a little bit of rain. But misting is better. Um I would I would pull it under cover of some sort and use your mister instead. Um maybe with some VF eleven if you can find any of that. Oh, okay. Um Otherwise, a regular fertilizer, just an organic? Mm-hmm, exactly, and very, very low numbers. You oh. know, um, so, and, and you can actually do half-strength fertilizers on it. Um, okay. To, you know, and a little bit more often every maybe, uh, still once a month. They're not real heavy feeders. They get most of theirs from the misting. And you put it in the shade or would it like a lot of sun? A lot of sun protected. You know, so not a good overhead sun because that's going to be where the rain is, you know. Yeah. Uh, so if you get a real good strong morning sun area for it or late afternoon sun is okay, too. It does okay. want the sun in order to grow the, you know, the flower sets. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, and so like around March? Yes. That sounds good. Yeah, to transplant it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Get an inside look at Hollywood with Michael Rosenbaum. Let's get inside of my buddy, Kumal Nanjiani. When you talk about Eternals and it wasn't the response that you were hoping, how did that affect you? Marvel thought that we'd be going on a wave of raves, you know, and it wasn't true. The reviews were really bad. And you were aware of it while you were on tour? Yeah, I was too aware of it. And so very intentionally, I did start counseling. Emily says that I do have trauma from it. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen.